Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And here we are. It's the Sean Show, and I'm Sean. Uh, a little distracted there. The the uh, verdict, or not the verdict, the sentence uh, was just handed down by uh, Judge Clifton Newman, uh, literally, and I hate using that word, but literally as we went on the air, uh, the judge uh, took uh, some time to express his thoughts to Alex Murdaugh about uh, uh, the proceedings uh, as the judge had, uh, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. First and foremost, dude's sentenced to two life sentences consecutively, which means uh, not concurrently, uh, for the rest of the duration of his natural life. So basically, he serves one life sentence. He would have to serve another one right after that. Paul Murdoch, whom you probably love so much. This is the actual sentencing from a few seconds ago. I sentence you to prison for murdering him for the rest of your natural life. Those sentences will run consecutive under the statute involving possession of a weapon during a violent crime there is no sentence where life a life sentence is imposed on other indictments that is the sentence of the court and you are remanded to the state department of corrections and that was it it was bye bye alex at that point um, we, we carried it as far as we could that we went to the top of the hour and to kind of boil down what Judge Newman had to say, uh, which I thought was profound. I mean, he really took his time to get his thoughts out. He said, you know, I, I've uh, been a part of these proceedings since the grand jury. I presided over the grand jury. Uh, I prov- presided over this uh, trial over the past, was it six weeks, I think, something like that. Um, and now it's your sentencing. And then he and then he said, you know, you come from a great family in this court and in this community. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, had to take your grandfather's picture down uh, from the courtroom so we could have an unbiased trial. And I this kind of sent chills down my spine in a sense uh, when he, he he started saying, you know, you, you're a lawyer. You've argued cases before me we know each other we've worked together in a sense for years uh and then he said and yet you had the ability uh, to sit in this courtroom and and be duplicitous uh he said you changed your alibi at the last minute uh, you know, basically saying, what a piece of crap you are. You know, I, <laughs> you know, this, this community loved you. He said, you, you were the person who, you know, made the wheels of justice turn. You were a part of that community. And, uh, you know, then, uh, and even asked, and this, I found, I found this, this was really, I, I thought really very cool on, on the judge's part. In a sense, he said, uh, you know, I, 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 you have been duplicitous. You have changed your alibi. You, you know, he gave him a moment to say something. And Murdoch said, I would never hurt my wife, Maggie, or my son, Pawpaw. And it came out 
one of the things that came out is that nobody could ever remember this guy calling his son Pawpaw until the trial. And suddenly he has this little cutesy-pootsy name that he calls his son that he bl- whose head he blew off of the shotgun. So the judge said, you know, in, in my 22 years of hearing murder cases, I have yet you know, he said, you know, let, me, let me rewind here. Sorry. He basically said, uh, you've been, in other words, you've been lying throughout this entire process. Here's your moment. Here's your moment, in a sense, to cleanse your soul and, can, and just tell us what you did. He says, uh, this is a judge, 22 years. I, I've never been able to get a defendant in your situation, and again, I'm paraphrasing, to confess and to explain to me and to explain to this community why you did what you did, what was going on at that moment. And so basically he afforded Alex Murdoch the, the, the opportunity to just tell the truth, dude. Just <laughs> And he even said, he said, yeah, I know there's going to be an appellate process. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure absolutely you will appeal and this process will go on. But I'm going to give you the moment, you know, I haven't heard this from any murder conviction, convicted human being in my 22 years uh, where they explain why they did what they did. And in a sense, this is your moment. And he, he just kind of repeated, I would never hurt, you know, my wife or son. And then he uh, sentenced him. And I, this is, you know, you never quite know how things go in each municipality and in each state. Sometimes there's a a separate hearing, if you will, where you advocate for one sentence or over another. In this particular case, uh, the judge, you know, I'm sure he got recommendations uh, for sentencing, but he just laid it down. Uh, two consecutive life sentences, the natural term of your existence, will be spent behind bars. And I, I don't suspect the appellate process is going to work for Alex Murdaugh because he, he was found to be lying uh, in, uh, in 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 several uh, at several different uh, moments during the night of the murders back in June or June whatever year it was I guess it was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen and um, you know one of the words that we sling around a lot uh, in our current era is the word evil. And I, you know, this is something I think uh, that we unfortunately see examples of on a regular basis in our world, in our troubled world right now, right? You look at Russian troops who are able to commit atrocities and under command bomb movie theaters where they know little kids are, are, are you know, in those movie theaters. You, you see crime in our streets where somebody just loads a gun and puts it to the back of somebody's head sitting on a curb. Uh, I think what's interesting and maybe prescient about the Alex Murdaugh trial is we just sat and watched evil on on display. He's an evil dude. <laughs> that, that that you know, we, we none of us are perfect. You know, I'm no angel. Let me tell you. You know, I've I've made a lot of weird choices over the course of my life, but I ain't evil. I'm not an evil man. And you look at this guy, and and you try to wrap your comprehension around. The fact that this guy, whoever or whatever he is, was capable, 
Uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to diminish the crime, but sorry, people kill their spouses all the time. <laughs> not, I'm not justifying it. I'm not trying to diminish the, the tragedy of it, but it does happen. But to take a shotgun to your own offspring, to your own child, I, I pray to God I never understand that. This guy's a monster. He's just an absolute piece of crap, evil monster. And if there's one, well, uh, there's many, but if there's one thing that causes America uh, that's a weakness in our society and in our culture and in our nation right now, it's this idea that evil is relative, that, you know, right and wrong are relative, and it's all about subjectivity and subtext, I guess, you know, and it, one person's right is another person's wrong. And the, 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 the effect this has had on our society is that what you and I used to consider admirable is now bad and negative, and what we used to consider negative and bad is now admirable. There's a lot of people that don't even like saying the E word, right, because it puts too much judgment on something. But freaking evil exists. And it was sitting in in a uh, testimonial box in a courtroom uh, docket or in a courtroom uh, chair behind a desk with his defense lawyer in Waterboro, South Carolina. Pure freaking evil. This guy shot his own kid to take the heat off of him, essentially. Man. Well, bye, Alex. Uh, 210-599-5555. Hi, this is Trey Ware. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. He, he. It's Friday, man. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Murdoch verdict, verdict is in, or well, sentencing is in. He's going away uh, to prison, two consecutive life terms. That's the end of that. And right now, they uh, on Fox News, they got their panel discussion, right? And I'm going to bring James and Don. Let's see, make sure Don's not talking to Dennis Foley today. Wins an award, suddenly doesn't have time for me to go on my show, and that's fine. I understand. I get it. It's okay. It's, it's not bugging. It's, okay. it's not bugging. It's, it's not personal. No, no really. at all. Uh, but they have their little panel on there. <laughs> Trey Gowdy. Uh, you know, I think Trey Gowdy is one of the smartest dudes in the world. I'd love to see Trey Gowdy as Attorney General someday. I don't know if he'll ever do it. You know, Trey Gowdy. I'm Trey Gowdy. You can see me on Forensic Files. Guys on show on Sundays now. Wow. Uh. But can he? What is with the hair? Can he? Can he? Can he not freaking figure out the hair thing? Far be it for me to comment on anybody's. No, hair. but you you've made a choice. You yeah. shave your. I would love to shave my head, but my wife won't let me. She thinks I look like a Nazi, but I or a member of the Manson family, or maybe a little of both. But you, it looks good on you. I'm just saying he is he holding on to it, Sean. I don't know because it seems really far back. He's got the alfalfa thing going on today, where he, it almost looks like a mohawk. Dude's got some big-ass ears, too. Let's be honest with you. Let's be honest with the people here. Dude, Drake Audi's got some big honking ears, all right? But, he, you know, one day it's parted. The next day he's trying to slick it back. Is he straight? It looks like a mohawk. <laughs> he is straight. He's okay. a straight no, I mean, he's a married guy. I was just curious. <laughs> God, you're so hateful. I'm triggered. I can't believe you asked Man. about 
No, what if he isn't? What if he's like, you know, identifies as a guy with good hair? Well, then uh. that, that would, that would <laughs> that'd explain how much he cares about his hair. Well, I'm just saying, I love, he's so smart, you know what I mean? But then I said to look at him, it's like, dude, you look like alfalfa. You look like a southern fried version of alfalfa from the Little Rascals. It was the first thing I noticed when they put the panel up was his hair. I mean, dude, Don, when you agree, dude's got some funky it's, hair. It's he makes little, some yeah. odd choices. But if you go back and do a, an image search of Trey Gowdy, right? the hairstyles have always been a little... Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if perhaps he has an oddly shaped head. You know, I mean, maybe <laughs> what that's is the shape of Trey Gowdy's head? Well, I mean, he... Because he, I watch Forensic Files. I love that, and a lot of the old ID. I like true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. And he'll show up on like a fifteen-year-old episode of Forensic Files when he was a local prosecutor, at whatever. In whatever, I, I don't know what yeah. Southern Fried State he's from, but <laughs> maybe, he's from. Maybe he's just eccentric. But wait, but, but in the old, like you see, sometimes you see him and you can tell he's got a hairpiece and his hair's falling down in front of his eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude. Okay, you're not looking good. And now he's just, I don't know what he's, I'm just saying, we love you, Trey Gowdy. Gowdy, not not Ware. Trey, Trey Ware's got fantastic freaking hair. Oh, I'm so jealous of his hair. That, that guy's hair is going into heaven with him. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that's some great hair. Trey's got some decent hair. If I had hair like that, I'd grow it down on my ass. All right? But I don't have hair like that. I got Trey Gowdy hair. And, uh, you know, he just, man, just There's make a choice, dude. Actually, an article, <laughs> and I'll, I'll send it to you. What's that? It's uh, GQ.com. <laughs> the article is, Trey Gowdy has a history of questionable haircuts. Are you serious? <laughs> Somebody's yes. written an article about it? <laughs> it's on GQ. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. I, I want to see that. So then we're normal. We're not weird. We're, just... not, we're not the weirdos here. <laughs> yeah. We're like, dude's got some messed up hair. May, well, make some messed up hair choices, okay? And as somebody who's also made some questionable hair choices in my lifetime, I mean, I'm kind of going for the Tom Joad look right now. You know what I mean? I'm like doing Neo Grapes of Wrath uh, thing. I got, you know, I, when I went to uh, get my hair cut, I go to a place. It's kind of like a Hooters for haircuts, you know? And they gave me the chomp, the Tom Joad, so I, I look like Henry Fonda in in Grapes of Wrath, with the overalls. I go home to my wife, and I she doesn't have no she's too young to have any idea what movie I'm referencing, Tom. But I'm like, well, I think you better get in the truck, and we're gonna head out to California. She just kind of looks at me like I'm nuts, like you're looking at me like right now. And I'm, I'm waiting for you to break out in that into that song. What song's that? Uh, Tom Joad by Woody Guthrie. I don't know that song. And Bruce Springsteen had a song. Bruce Springsteen had it. The Ghost of Tom Joad. Well, I, I here I am. I'm I'm the modern version of Tom Joad with my overalls and my weird haircut. But Trey he Gowdy's said on Joad, TV. I'm not, not on TV. Jones. What's that? Joad, not Jones. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. So anyway, uh, we pray uh, for Trey Gowdy that eventually the Lord will intervene and and. Uh, Guide him on his uh, follically challenged uh, hair choices. Two one zero, you're on TV, dude. Come on, just think it through. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. Info at your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. Yeah, and we're back. Nine, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's 938. 
I'm Sean. I'm going to be honest with you. I am full-on Friday. I'm in a full-on Friday mood today. I don't feel like doing too much that's serious. I hope you're cool with that. Coming up at 10.05, we'll play some audio uh, from... Uh, Senator John Kennedy uh, at CPAC, it's it's damn near performance art. I mean, it's the guy was, we're going to play, we're gonna, I want to have plenty of time to do that at 10.05. So we're just going to kind of screw around till then. I And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Don Morgan just did a story on, on uh, Phil Collins, who, as we know, is a big old friend of San Antonio uh, and just donated some additional items. Dude's been collecting Alamo stuff his whole adult adult life apparently and he heard this in don morgan's report that he's donated a buoy knife uh that's pretty cool we got one of santa Ana's swords now at the alamo and it's just his thing i thought he had the largest individual collection yeah, he died, yeah. okay okay yeah don that's right it, it, phil collins has the largest personal alamo collection right. of anybody on earth yeah and he's donating a lot of it to us, he to, would, to the Alamo City. When he announced a, year, a few <clears throat> years back that he was going to be donating all of these items, uh, they arrived in, you know, they were flown over here and they arrived right. in the back, and he was there. Uh-huh. And and so we were talking to him and asking him about it and where he kept all these things, and he said <laughs> he kept them in a room in his basement at his house in Switzerland. <laughs> wow. And so, and I get his wife at the time was, was saying that he needed to, you know, clear out his man cave. <laughs> Clear out his man. You're telling Phil Collins yeah. to clear out his man cave. Be happy your ass is married to I mean, Phil that's, Collins. That's, that's all he, I'm saying. Well, they're no longer married. Oh, and that's, sorry. What he, that's what he told me. He, he, Su- he, was probably just, he was probably just joking around, but that's what he told me. He could clear out the basement. Well, but there was an interesting thing that came out in your reporting and that he developed, his love of the Alamo came from watching the old Disney television show, Davy Crockett. Right. Now, when he, I used to watch that show as well. With Fess Parker. Fess Parker. Now, in my mind, three actors came up as far as portraying Davy Crockett. You have Fess Parker, right? Right. And then you have John Wayne in the Alamo, and, and famously Trey's dad is in that movie, and, and we, you know he has a great love of that movie, and, and, and obviously, for obvious reasons. My cousin's in that movie. Your cousin's in that movie. Half the town's probably in that movie. He played both sides. So, you know. <laughs> I, and, and, uh, and, and, and the other third actor is from a lesser-known movie, which I think is one of my favorite movies, is The Alamo with Billy Bob Thornton. I thought he was great in that movie. I love that movie. And so in my mind, having done a little bit of reading on Davy Crockett, it's like, well, Thornton really kind of nailed the guy both physically. Right. That sounded funny. Thornton portrayed the guy (laughs) uh, as close as you can get to the actual Davy Crockett. He had the long hair. He was kind of a lanky dude. You know, came off as a bit of a renegade. Yeah. You know, he could play the fiddle, I guess. Yeah. John Wayne, let's. Can we just be honest? I know I'm gonna get a. People are gonna hate my stinking guts for saying this, but let's be honest. John Wayne is Davy Crockett. He kind of just played John Wayne <laughs> in a first skin cap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm Davy Crockett. You know. I mean. You know. I'm just. You know. It's like when he played Genghis Khan. <laughs> now I'm Genghis Khan, and I'm gonna kick your ass with a sword. <laughs> you know. I love John. I grew up. John, we, you and I grew up in a world, Don, where we still had Elvis and John Wayne, right? So yeah. I might one of the first movies I went to see at the theater. My old man took me to see the Cowboys. Right. I went to see John Wayne movies. First run John Wayne movies on the big screen. Do you remember when you would go to a gas station on the bad side of town and they would have those velvet John Wayne paintings for sale? Yes. Yeah. 
They still have them yeah. in my neighborhood. Yeah. But point being, John Wayne played John Wayne. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm going to admit something else from my childhood. Uh, growing up, I thought Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone were the same dude because Fess Parker played them both. He did. It's like if you put it in a coonskin hat, you got freaking <laughs> Fess Parker playing the dude. I was probably in my early teens until I read, well, you're not the same guy? This is Fess Parker. Talk about being stereotyped. Dude's not playing anything that don't involve a coonskin cap. Yep. That was his you know, that was Fess his, freaking Parker. That was his calling card. His first name was Fess. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> just, I just want to admit that. But Bill, I, I, and I know, I, you know, and it's like there, there are two things. There are three things, actually, in my time here in San Antonio where people really do kind of roll their eyes and go, what a freaking Yankee piece of crap. And there's three things, okay? Right. I don't do menudo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm too honky for menudo. Right. There's one. I don't eat anything with intestines in it. I just got standards, okay? I like the, the the Jeff Bridges True Grit better than the John Wayne True Grit because mm-hmm. I think it was a better movie. That's number two. People hate my guts when I say that. And I like the, the newer version of the Alamo, the Jason Patrick Alamo. Right. <laughs> Ron Howard produced it. More than the John Wayne Alamo. Wasn't that a Ron Howard film? I think it was. Yeah. And uh, 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 Dennis Quaid as Houston was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Jason Patrick as as Jim Bowie, I thought was Bowie was was fantastic, and I thought Billy Bob Thornton was really good in that movie. Uh, it's a good fa- flick. My favorite part of that the the Alamo movie with Billy Bob Thornton was at the end. It was like one of the last scenes. Oh God! They're getting ready. They're getting ready to assassinate him, and he says, "Let him know I'm a screamer." Let him know. I wanna, <laughs> that's how I want to go out. And then the last scene of Billy Bob Thornton, he's going. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I think I saw him do that up at Kinky's place one time. You know. Ah! Tell Kiki I'm a screamer. Mm. <laughs> so it was just, you know, it, those are just three things that, you know, right. I mean, they're not I bad. get grief about. I actually watched the, I've never seen the John Wayne Alamo all the way through because it's like nine hours long. It was mandatory for me. And I watched yeah. it, well, yes, I watched it, it in the hospital about a year ago. It was one of my first day, well, when I was in one of the hospital rooms and I was on morphine. <laughs> And it was like six in the morning. I just happened to wake up, and the Alamo was on the hospital. Was it the John Wayne? Yeah, thing? and I just yeah. sat and watched them. Like, oh, look, there's Trey's dad. <laughs> you know, it was cool. Like my grandmother, of course, made me watch it, and she was like, right. "Okay, Mijo, there's your Mijo. cousin Julian." And I was like, "Oh, wow!" And then about ten minutes later, there's another scene. And there's Cousin Julian now in the Mexican Army. So he did both of them. Well, of course. Wow. He was like the Fess Parker of that movie. That's right. <laughs> Played both sides. We need another Mexican. Grab that guy with the tan. <laughs> his name is Julian. He's Parker. Get Julian in there. I don't care what his name is. Now he's playing for Santa Ana. Yeah. You don't like it? I'll kick your ass. We don't want any Italians <laughs> playing a Mexican in this film. I got some ethnic standards. And we'll have the Italians playing the Italians <laughs> and the Mexicans playing everybody else. <laughs> the- My damn movie, and I'll do what I want. Or I'll kick your ass. <laughs> the night of the premiere was a big, big deal in San Antonio because John Wayne came to town. Oh, again. I bet. I bet. Oh, people still talk about Oh, it. yes. Yeah. 
If I'd have seen that hippie Ozzy Osbourne peeing on the Alamo, I would have. I'd have turned him from a rooster to a hen with one swipe of Jim's knife. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, t- I gotta take a break. And <laughs> <laughs> so don't pee the on the Alamo. <laughs> Even Phil Collins knows better than that. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Hey, Phil, I think I went out with that so so sodia check back in the 60s. All right. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The latest news, traffic, and weather are minutes away at the top of the hour. These are important moments, and this is news. On News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, buddy. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071 coming up at 1005 because it's Friday, man. We got some John Kennedy coming your way. Uh from 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 CPAC. And I, I I don't I'm not I don't consider my I'm not certainly not a Republican, and I don't even like to consider myself a conservative as such. I, I'm middle of the road libertarian. I, I'm an issue based guy. I look at each issue. That's it. I'm not boasting. It's just how I look at stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I take each issue. Some, there are some opinions I have that you might consider to be quite liberal. There's most of my opinions I would fall on the conservative side. Point being, I don't I don't sit around and, and, and watch CPAC. And, you know, I, I watch for the big the big hitters, you know, for for newsworthiness. But I don't sit and just watch CPAC just to watch CPAC. And I, I I got enough Hannity in my life, okay? <laughs> I'm not a fan, I, honestly. I think the guy's a talking piece of concrete. But, you know, John Kennedy at, at CPAC was just great. He was on fire. Yeah, and we're going to play some of that coming up at 10.05. Uh, let me talk to Sharon real quick, and then I'll riff on some other things. It's screw-off Friday, so everybody just look busy if the boss walks by. Sharon, how you doing? Well, I just wanted to um, comment on the John Wayne thing. You know how Texas and, and California, you know, they view California as not being conservative or, right. you know, not tough enough. <sighs> but, you know, I lived on the West Coast and I was raised in San Antonio. So, but anyway, you know, John Wayne was a beach boy. He was a California dude, man. He was. He and he was. lived on Balboa Island and you could see him, you know, on his boat if you went down there. And um, he was, uh, you know, he was a tough man, but he was also... Uh, a beach boy. He was a California you know, beach bum to a certain extent, man. He got into movies very, very young in life. I mean, when he was like nine, eighteen or nineteen or something like that. So he grew, kind of came of age in the in the movie world of California. Uh, yeah, people yeah. see him as this hard bitten Western guy or whatever, and he's he's California dude. He grew up in the film industry, or not grew up in it, but I mean, he spent his entire adult life. Uh, uh, in the in the film community, uh, not 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 as a thing to detract from him and his impact on our culture. No, no. But he's like, you want to go hang some ten and smoke some reefer down on the beach? I got some tasty waves coming my way. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd throw uh, that's that funny. In there. Uh, you're right. I appreciate he was he's a California beach bum man to a certain extent. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Just break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this next hour. But I, I there's a woman. It's now we have this uh, chick who's come out 
Now, as the person largely uh, being consulted for the edits to the Roll Doll books, and, you know, we're going to, if this charter crap goes through, we're going to have a justice director here in San Antonio. And I, I guarantee you, whoever that person is, they're going to be a hell of a lot like Joe Ross Barrett, an inclusion consultant talking to Puffin Books about the Roll Doll books. She describes herself as a non-binary, asexual, polyamorous relationship anarchist who is on the autism spectrum. I shouldn't be talking about this chick on the air because Ron Nuremberg's out there going, get me a phone number. I want to talk to her. We need a justice director. We need one now. And Pharaoh's already got a gig. And it would be inappropriate if Jalen did it. So go, get me this Joe Ross Barrett chick, man. What the hell is a polyamorous relationship anarchist? Here's the dealio. You really can't be an anarchist in a relationship. <laughs> I know. I've tried. Okay. It just doesn't really work. It really polyamorous relationship anarchist. You know what? Doesn't make any freaking sense. In other words, she's a lesbian chick, and that's why she got the gig to consult on the old doll books. That's what we're going to get. We'll, we'll get some lesbian chick who's maybe a, really a dude. I don't know. We'll be telling Bill McManus who we can freaking arrest and who we can't freaking arrest because nobody votes in this town, and so we'll get this charter forced down our throats. And I and I guarantee to you that the justice d- director is going to be some non-binary, asexual, polyamorous relationship anarchist on the autism spectrum. She's got to be on the autism spectrum, so we feel sorry for her, right? She's got to have some sort of disability to go along with all the other labels that she's uh, checking, or all the other boxes she's checking off. Don't be mean to me. Don't trigger me. I'm I'm on the autism spectrum. I'm half a block away from the spectrum, but I'm on the road towards the autism spectrum. That's coming here to San Antonio. You just wait. Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Hour number two of the Sean Show. Five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. The phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Um, well, John uh, Kennedy, Senator, Senator John Kennedy is uh, just one of my favorites. Trey and I both just uh, love this guy. He's the only dude out there telling the truth, man. It really, in 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 the in the way it should be told, he was at CPAC yesterday, and uh, we're, we're I, I'm just gonna we're gonna, J- James has a whole bunch of audio, and we're gonna play it. I'm just gonna play all of it because it, it was gold. I have not seen it all the way through at this point. It's it's 13 minutes long, I think Trey said, and uh, I, I'm gonna check out the entire audio or video when I get home. But apparently it was just, like I said last hour, uh, and based upon what I've heard thus far, it's damn near performance art. I mean, the guy just lays it all out there. And so James is going to play the audio he has, and I'm just going to react after uh, when, when we listen to it uh, along with you. And you can call us up if you want, 210-599-5555. All right, lay it on me, man. President Biden has been spectacularly awful. <laughs> If you put President Biden in charge of the Sahara Desert, 
He would run out of sand. <laughs> he would run out of sand. Did yeah, and you know what? And as we listen to these, and I said this earlier, you know, if you're you know not from the South, or you're not from he's he's from Louisiana. He's a Southern boy, obviously. And if you're a Yankee like me, I I'm, I can honestly tell. Okay, if somebody from New York or New Jersey wants to scream at you, it all becomes white noise beyond the f bombs, right? Which they use as pronouns or you know as adjectives and pronouns. I mean, you, it's all about screaming the f bomb at you. Somebody dresses you down in a slow Southern accent. That's the way to go, man. Because basically. When somebody is dressing, and John Kennedy is brilliant at this, when this guy is dressing you down in a long, slow, going to pronounce every freaking syllable Southern accent, it it it, it has the effect. It, it's it's like, well, bless your heart. Let's go ahead and listen to some more there. The truth is that the best social program is a job. Sometimes, <laughs> not always, but sometimes the best way to get back on your feet is to get off your ass. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Exactly. There's this great social welfare program. It's called Working. Uh, go ahead. Let's play some more. The truth is that Americans aren't perfect. We're not. But the other side is crazy. <laughs> now... Americans do not deserve to be governed by deeply weird, <laughs> nauseously woke people who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus, and Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> who hyperventilate on their yoga mats if you use the wrong pronoun who think kids should be able to change their gender at recess, <laughs> who carry around Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy, <laughs> and who think they are better than us. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> yes! who hyperventilate on their yoga mats. Well, bless your little heart. Man, how much we have more? The truth is that the Chinese Communist Party is a bunch of gangsters. They are. They're pirates. I would not turn my back on President Xi if he were two days dead. <laughs> But there is a corollary to that truth. And the corollary to that truth is that we must be armed if we want peace. Mm. Because appeasing a tyrant is like trying to hand feed a shark. <laughs> it's poetry, man. It's pure freaking poetry. And it's the God's honest truth. It's the truth. Did he come when he first came out? Didn't he say, can you all handle the truth? I think he said something of that nature. You have more? Let's little, let it roll, man. The truth is that it is important to speak your mind. Mm. So I do. 
Now, that makes some people mad, but I try not to worry too much about what anyone thinks of me, except dogs. I really <laughs> like dogs. <laughs> and sometimes my friends will ask me, they say, Kennedy, how do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night knowing that some people don't like you? And I tell them, with the fan on. <laughs> I just love the way he delivers a line, because you hear every, with the fan on. So there's like no possibility that you're going to misconstrue anything the, du- the dude says. And as far as speaking your mind, oh God, he's so right. He is so right on, we have to start speaking our truth. I, I I could tell you honestly, and uh, uh, th- this has been a journey for me uh, as a person, uh, as a person, as an artist, as a broadcaster. This is something I've I've been dealing with all my life, and that would be the opinions of others. And I have, like a lot of young people, I let the opinions of others really affect me way too much, and 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 even uh, until recently. Uh, perhaps, and and I've reached this, and and it really is because of the past year and a lot of stuff that's gone on, and and you know, the the whole medical process and stuff I was dealing with, you know, really took up this entire year, and there's other stuff that I kind of dealt with too, and it, it's brought me to this place where I, I genuinely don't give a crap. I I, just, I don't know how to, but I just genuinely don't care uh, what people think anymore. David Bowie has a great line, a great quote where he says there's the getting old, I'm paraphrasing or you know using my own words, but getting older is a wonderful thing because you end up becoming the person you should have always been. And uh, there, there for me, there is a great joy in saying precisely what I think. Uh, and we need more people just saying precisely what they're thinking, and that's what John Kennedy's saying, because we have an army of people. We have legions of weirdos, as he put it. Called them weirdos. Who don't want you to speak your mind. Who want to dictate to you how you think and what you say and what you read and what you're allowed to see at the movie theater and what you're allowed to listen to and what you're allowed to consume as far as media and literature, and uh, and the only fight against that, and I think this was his point, is people saying, no, I'm going to speak my mind and I don't give a crap whether you're offended or you're not or it triggers you or, or harms you in some way. I'm, I have to speak my truth. It's, a, it's an extraordinarily American idea, yeah? Free speech. I just, I, I, James, I don't, I just don't give a crap anymore. It's, it's, it's. There's something really liberating about not giving a crap anymore. It's I think true. That, that also goes with getting old. Well, it does because it's like you've heard all the bull crap before, including your own. <laughs> the truth is that common sense is illegal in Washington D.C. This is great. I know. I've seen it firsthand. I wonder sometimes, sometimes, how some people in Washington, D.C., actually made it through the birth canal. (laughs) Yes! Rock on, man. The truth is that we are going to have to get some new conspiracy theories. (laughs) 
because all the old ones came true. <laughs> He's freaking brilliant, man. He nailed it. That's, he did. That's a and, 10 it, out and, of 10. You know, and there's a guy who is letting is saying it, and so there's no context you can take it out of. This is the truth of it, and he's right. I all AOC, how did that chick make it out of the birth canal? Did, you know, ALC is so stupid. I mean, she's just a, a moron, man. She's a real nimrod. And this chick is currently under investigation right now, uh, congressionally, from a congressional ethics panel, because she accepted a really expensive dress that said, eat the rich on it, and some really cool party gifts, transportation, a ready room, uh, when she went to the Met Gala, which is a bozo no-no when you're a U.S. congressman. It's against federal law <laughs> to accept gifts like that. And uh, she said, oh, I'm going to pay. Well, she only agreed to pay for what she got after they started investigating her. So, you know, she's a piece of crap. But she's an idiot, too. This chick, I'm, I'm amazed AOC has her hands because she didn't know what a garbage disposal was till a few years ago. How did that chick make it out of the birth canal? You have to wonder if they're, you know, at the, when you go to the airport, you see the guys out on the tarmac and they got the lanterns, you know, the little flashlights, and they're guiding a plane. Don't you kind of think there was some dude like that leading AOC out of the, this way? Follow me, follow, follow the light, Alexandria. Follow. How did that chick make it out of the birth canal without direction? John Kennedy's right. They're weirdos and idiots. Is there more? Do we have more? Excellent. The truth is that that race should not be used to hurt a person or to help a person. Mm. You know why? Because the truth is also that souls have no color. Mm. The truth is that to a bear, we all taste like chicken. <laughs> all right, we'll take a break. That's just brilliant, man. John Kennedy out of Louisiana, man, at CPAC. Sean Rhyme on News Talk 550 KTSA. <laughs> San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> news Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Reverend Sean to y'all. Sometimes people call me Uncle Sean because I'm KTSA's weird uncle. Uh, also, my brother Trey Ware's fifth annual Drive to End Hunger is still going on, man. Go to the website, KTSA.com. They're looking for cash donations. That's the best way you can contribute this year. They serve about 100,000 people a week at the food bank. And uh, i tell you what, when you donate a dollar, you feed seven people. So just do the math there. Brought to you by Stevens Roofing and in part by Airtron Heating and Air, Roof Fix, and the Institute for Functional Health. Go to the website and uh, make the food bank ha- happy and help feed some people here in San Antonio. KTSA.com. Let's go to Chris. Chris, how you doing? Reverend Sean. You may uh, be seated. You uh. shall know the truth, but the <laughs> truth shall set you free. Yep, I concur. And you know what's interesting is Kennedy, being a Kennedy, means that his non-relative relative, JFK, <laughs> probably would have also been a Republican. That the dim- You wonder if John Kennedy would have been a Republican now, compared to where yeah. that party has traveled from his era to now. 
I mean, yep. and I appreciate the call because now we got, you know, I mean, just let's use the Hershey bar thing. We got Hershey's Canada. I didn't know they ate chocolate up there in Canada. I thought all they did was drink Molson and eat back bacon. But uh, Hershey's Canada has, you know, it's, is it Women's History Month or something? And uh, uh, the the folks up in Canada have a new candy bar from Hershey's that's all about celebrating women. And so very obviously they got a dude dressed like a woman as the spokesperson. So when you nosh down on a Canadian Hershey's bar, you're you're supporting dudes dressing like women. The Democratic Party have gone from being the party of women, the party of feminism. These are people who fought back in the day for equality for women, which I'm for. <laughs> I've always, you know, I've I've have actually always kind of considered myself a feminist according to the old school definition of what that means. And now it's really bizarre. And I think, you know, Jack Riccardi, who I get half my show prep from, just from listening to his show, was talking about how Generation X, you know, the racism thing was really not something that was a part of us. We just, we grew up in a different world where you just didn't think. It was kind of the same thing with women in that I, I don't, growing up, you know, pretty much all my uh, uh, friends and the social circles I ran in, it, we were all pro-feminism, right? We, Yeah, well, women, yeah, got, got a little over 100 years ago, they couldn't freaking vote. My mom kind of grew up in that, or came of age in that, or I'm sorry, was a mom and a housewife in the era when that's what you did. That's what a woman did in the Sylvia Plath area, era when, when women were expected to, to stay home and do the meatloaf and a pair of pumps and you know, cater to the old man, all that stuff. And I, I always kind of hated that, <laughs> to be honest with you, that idea. And so I have always, and most of my, we always considered ourselves feminists. I still consider myself a feminist. and the Demo- But the Democratic Party has traveled to this weird place where they're arguing the, the rights of men over women. Where a, as long as a guy, whether he's got a full freaking Dan Haggerty beard going or not, identifies as a woman... Their rights are now not only on par with women who have fought a long, multi-generational battle to be considered equal people under the law, and now men wearing dresses get to somehow own that whole journey for themselves, and they haven't done a damn thing. Abigail Schreier tweeted, You get the feeling that these companies always despised women. They were just waiting for the right moment to stick it to us. Here's <laughs> yes. the th- here's the thing about real women. We have a long memory. D- damn right. You women do, man. Especially Hispanic women. My wife, you don't remember this dress? I wore this the Thursday after the third week we were together. It was our fourth date. You don't remember this dress? You know. But I mean, you know, women. We're, we're again. It certainly must be a man's world. All right. Forget the glass ceiling crap. All right. Dudes in dresses uh, uh, have more rights than you, ladies. How does that make you feel? In feminist circles. So you, you cool with that? 
or or is somebody is a biological woman woman like uh, J.K. Rowling who would dare to say something so hateful that biological dudes should not be competing against biological women in female sports? I guess that makes her like what is it uh, uh, an extreme feminist? Some kind of word for it that trannies all came up with. I'm sorry, my wife is right, and she says this on a regular basis. If you don't have a period, like an actual period, like you actually menstruate and your day sucks because you're cramping, or if you can't squeeze another human being out of your body, you're not a freaking woman. <laughs> you're just you can get, you know, your genitals coleslawed all you want and, and and rearranged and you know snipped and tucked and whatever. You're still not biologically that. It's stamped on every freaking molecule of your body. It's stamped on every string of your DNA. I'm so sick of it, man. So hearing a refreshing voice of truth like John Kennedy, God bless you, sir. Keep speaking your truth. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Anywhere, Anywhere, anytime. anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, man, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Sorry, I got distracted there during the break. I was watching a cobra and a mongoose go at it on Facebook because that's, you know, that's what the Facebook has to offer. That's how it makes our lives better. Yesterday, I found a video of a dude pulling a maggot, uh, a larvae out of a kitten's nose. Thing was the size of a golf ball. It was great. Aren't you so glad we have the interwebs making our lives better? The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Let's take a call here, then we'll talk about some other weird crap. Here's Adam. Adam, how are you? Uh, so it's a beautiful day the Lord has made. But, yes. You know, I wish women who, uh, who vote a Democrat would see, Sean, that the leftist backstabbers, they care more about a, a man who, you know, identifies that day uh, as a woman. And uh, it's putting little girls in danger of being molested. It's almost cr- it's criminal. And uh, look what happens, Sean, to an actual woman who speaks up. You know, uh, how dare you? You know, uh, you, uh, you know it's almost like uh, they think it's racism. But, you know, Pre- President Trump uh, was a great president. He helped everybody, and they, they couldn't stand that. They only, you, know, you know how they are, Sean. They only want to help certain people, and everybody else can go to hell. And, you know, Sean, you know, uh, 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 letting criminals get away with crime, Sean, doesn't help anybody but the criminal. It's almost like they think they're helping people. Uh, you know, when they're letting criminals get away with crime, they're just helping weirdos and criminals, and yep. it's ruining our country, Sean. Thanks, I agree, Sean. Adam. Yeah, have a great, you have a great uh, weekend, brother. You too, bro. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, being a woman these days doesn't really mean much <laughs> in America. If you, seriously, I, you know, and if you're a Democrat and you consider yourself a feminist, you, what is your obsession with dudes? In dresses. What is your obsession with the trans thing, man? Now we have, uh, and and and, but you're kind of circling back to to John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, and some of the comments he made and about speaking the truth. Uh, we have a education journalist from the Dallas Morning News. Megan Mangrum, she's been uh, writing for the Dallas Morning News since uh, last summer. Um, uh, On February 11th, she tweeted something in reaction 
to uh, what the mayor had to say, the mayor of Dallas, Eric Johnson. He's a Democrat. I know that's shocking. He's a Democrat and a black dude. Well, his skin color plays into into the story, so I got to get in it. He's a he's the mayor of Dallas, and he's a black dude. <clears throat> and he's uh, he's talking. He's uh, writing about the coverage. He's grousing about the co- negative coverage he's getting. A lot of Democrats do that. Biden was doing this last week. Why are you guys so negative on me? Why are you so negative on me? Why don't you do something positive, and then people will, will report on it. So Eric Johnson, mayor of Dallas, writes, and as we've seen recently, if policing or crime stories don't feed into a particular narrative, the national media has zero interest in them. If it doesn't feed into our worst tribal instincts or show a city devolving into violent, crime-ridden chaos, the media will not cover it. Megan Mangrum tweets in response... Uh, to what the mayor said, bruh, national news is always going to chase the trend. Cultivate relationships with quality local news partnerships. I guess this pissed off the mayor because he tweets back, bruh, have we met, bruh? All right, well, uh, the uh, woman, uh, this journalist uh, for the Dallas Morning News... Uh, was approached three days later by Human Resources. Um, The Dallas Morning News executive editor, Catrice Hardy, uh, just went off on her, said there was a racial component to her calling the mayor bruh because he's a black guy. Uh, Hardy, who is black, asked her if she would have used the word bra if the mayor were white. Mangrum, who is white, said yes. Her Twitter feed is littered with the word bra, directed at all sorts of accounts, including those belonging to hockey fans and the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife. The Dallas Morning News News has not commented. I, I've been called bra. You know, people say bra. It's just, it's just a thing. It's... One of those things that people say it's not racial at this point. She didn't call him the N-word. And even that, think of how ridiculous we are these days. Whether the N-word is bad or good depends on the last letter of it. You know, I mean, come on, man. She called the guy bruh. When people are trying to be snotty or sarcastic in a post, they'll go, bruh. Guys call girls bruh. Bruh. You know, I mean, it's not racial. It's it's not racial. Can't be. There's nothing racial about it, man. And these are all Democrats. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know what the political leanings of this chick Megan Mangrum is, or are. I guess politics are. But I, you know, she's if she's in journalism in America, she's probably a Democrat. They're turning on each other, man. I mentioned a little while ago the J.K. Rowling's thing. J.K. Rowling, apart from being probably the most successful, one of the most successful authors in literary history, is also one of the most lib- politically liberal people on this planet. And the left have turned against her because, again, she dared make the claim that biological dudes are not women. It's craziness, man, brah. Well, Gennaro, one of our, my favorite people in San Antonio. Gennaro, brah. 
How's it going, bra? Hey, bra. You call me bra doing, all bra? the time, bra. Yeah, bra. All right, bra. <laughs> I'm not wearing a bra. What's on your bra? <laughs> In five years, I'm going to need one, bra. Hey, bra, you will, because I actually do need a bra at the age of 56. Gravity sucks. What are you thinking, man? Uh, I don't know, man. I was just hoping it was open mic Friday, dude. Uh, I got caught in the storm last night, unprepared, man. Oh, yesterday, wow. Yesterday was such a pretty day, and I had to go take care of chores and shit. Oh, oh sorry, dude, sorry. you got to watch for <laughs> Oh, Gennaro. Remember where you are, dude. I know it's pretty a pretty chill show, but we're not hanging out in my kitchen. Yeah, we're laid back. We're not. Yeah. Right. He wasn't being malicious. He no, just... he just slips. That's all. Yeah. Hey, you know, perhaps he's stoned out of his gourd too. We don't know. Gennaro, no, no. You don't think so? Well, yeah, of course I think so. I don't know you guys. <laughs> We have the bong sound effect just for him. We don't even need it anymore for Gennaro. It's just sort of implicit. I uh, I met Gennaro for the first time face to face at the San Antonio Book Festival. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know, a few months ago. It was in the spring, I guess. And it was really kind of cool because Nuremberg was there. I hadn't laid eyes on Nuremberg in in a while. And he was there. Remember, he just had put out that book with the judge on their stellar COVID response. And my wife was volunteering. I'm going to go a little long on this. But my wife is volunteering at the book festival, so I'm there. And I'm moving slow because I wasn't too far out from the hospital at that point. And in in full disclosure, Nuremberg was there signing his book. And I just didn't want any, I don't know, I just just didn't feel like talking to him. I just, I, I, I'm being totally honest. I just didn't feel like the hassle of it. I didn't want to go up to him. I just kind of stayed in this, yeah. let the thing, the event happen. Got to meet H.W. Brands, who's one of my favorite historians, and he signed a book for me. But Nuremberg was there, and he had like nobody. In, my wife was volunteering at the author signing station, where you go and buy a book, and then the, the author's there, and you get them to sign it. And so H.W. Brands has a lot. All these other poets, writers have these great long... Nuremberg's there at the end of the table, and nobody's coming up to get him to sign the book. No. He's got like two 19-year-old liberal arts majors that, who want who are excited to see him. But Gennaro's there. Gennaro shows up. And Gennaro has my book. Awesome. <laughs> Gennaro has a copy of my big stupid poetry book. And he asked Nuremberg to sign it. No, well, no, it would have been, you that know, it would have been I the only book he signed that day. But, I you wouldn't know. put it past him, though, but would it was you? Just, but it was cool because Gennaro at the book festival brings my book to me. He said, dude, can you sign my book for me, dude? <laughs> Brah. Oh, man. Please sign my book, man. <laughs> So the joke was, I signed more books than Nuremberg at the book festival. I signed one. So anyway, God bless you, Gennaro. We love you, man. You got a potty mouth, but it's okay. It's okay. You got a potty mouth on the radio. Don't be cussing on the radio. 210, the only cussing, the personal posts you send me, the personal messages, the PMs you send me. I'm kidding. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The news that's hot. Extraordinarily hot situation right now. Minutes away at the top on Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. The weekend's almost here for old Uncle Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Almost here. 
Oh, this gets better. Well, James has, had found something that, is it the SAPD was looking for this? Well, it wasn't supposed hmm. to be made public. <laughs> but, but it was made public. Accidentally? Yeah, I guess so. That's wow. what the Express News is reporting. So um, what happened? What is this? Well, it turns out they don't actually want the general public to come and drink on their premises. Well, but they had... It's a they, training. Originally, they had said they wanted people... They were training cops to do roadside testing. Exactly. Right. So that okay. the cadets can see people impaired and get used to them in a safe environment. Right. And there was stipulations on there. If you're on medication, you can't do this and you can't do that. And then it, one of them said... If you're an alcoholic, <laughs> please do not show up. Okay, with all due respect to the SAPD and police, law enforcement in general, the only people who are going to show up are alcoholics, okay? That's what everyone is saying, all my alcoholics out there, it's time to shine. I, I'm an alcoholic. I, I don't drink anymore, but I mean, you know, I'm the guy that, oh, sure, I'll, I'll be showing, I want to do my civic duty. <laughs> the people, okay. Bill, Chief McManus, okay, the people going to show up for that are the same people that show up to the liquor store on a Saturday morning at 9.59, okay, that's <laughs> before they even turn the damn sign on. The people who are going to show up to participate and help you train your cadets are the very same people who on Sundays would go through the drive through at Taco Cabana and say, let me get uh, four Margaritaville shots. No mixer uh, and uh, uh, a soft taco. <laughs> Handful of chips. Alcoholics are the people who are going to want to go to the PD and drink all day to teach cadets how to do roadside tests. Transportation right. to and from the facility will need to be provided by the volunteer. Rideshare is not allowed. <laughs> Right chair. <laughs> I drive better on drag. I'm fine. What? You want to see me parallel park? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just shut one eye and then uh, the lines go back to being normal. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I just shut one eye and I can drive fine. I, even... I got two passing lanes, one for each of you. You know, so anyway, I just, just, you know. SAPD official said the intent was never for this to get published on social media. This was never intended to be open to the public. It's like well, a man mansion rage, like in Austin, where they put it on social yeah. media. You know, you put that crap out, and people are going to show up to drink. You invite, I, like, two people and 300 show up. Yeah. I yeah. think they're supposed to have uh, family members or friends of the cadets that are in the training program to be the ones that come do the testing and the drinking. Oh. I think that's how it's supposed to go. Well, that's discriminatory. Right. There's a lot of decent alcoholics in this town that, you know, could use some free booze, and you're just you're just going to just discount them? It's like a warm-up for Fiesta. Come it's, on. Yeah, really? Yeah, man. This is the one city in America where for how long is Fiesta? Ten days. For ten days, mm -hmm. once a year. Or 12. The like entire that. city is the drunk in the room, okay? All right. all right. Everybody you know is all of a sudden an alcoholic for ten <laughs> days. I, my, my first few fiestas were so stellar that I'm not allowed to go to fiesta anymore. Well, right? because <laughs> you still can't find where you parked your car. Right. Yeah. God, man, that was a weird night. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't give me this, oh, we don't want any alcoholics coming to just our cadets. <laughs> You're going to have people throwing up in their own shoes here in just a handful of weeks. Well, I have been asked not to go back to the martini ball uh, 
here in San Antonio. So well, that's, see, you know, after you've been uninvited from the Martini Bowl, I know. you've gone too far. I I just I'm 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 at that stage in life where I'm fiesta out fiestaed out. It's not it's not necessary for me anymore. <laughs> what about it's that? like going to Vegas. Why would I bother going to freaking Vegas at this stage in life? You know, the time you were broadcasting live from Mayosa was one of my favorites. Oh boy, <laughs> you that were was up fun. in the balcony screaming oh, yeah. at people. As they I was. <laughs> hey, fiesta! <laughs> in all in full disclosure, though. I did wait until I got off the air. I didn't. I wasn't doing that while I was on the air. Yeah. But maybe seven seconds after I wrapped that right. gig. He was still wearing his headphones. But Free vodka. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. Thanks to James. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. <laughs>